looking for a podcast about nothing, then you are definitely in the right spot. Join Ross Peterson and Mark Charter each week as they discuss life, current events, and the things you are not allowed to talk about at work. Okay, hang on, because here we go. This is Ross and Mark, Jump the Shark. Jump the Shark is sponsored by Charterhouse Real Estate. Charterhouse can help you save thousands when you sell, and we can help you buy your next home as well. Google Charterhouse to see hundreds of great reviews or learn more about us at charterhouseiowa.com. Now here is the show. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. We are back from... Vegas, Nate's joining us this week to recap losing his Vegas virginity. It was great. <laughs> last, <laughs> last weekend. It was gentle. Nate fell, Nate, <laughs> Ross, Nate fell in love. With, with the town? Yes. With the strip? I should clarify, yeah. Not, with, see, the, not, not with the lady. Just the experience. Yeah. I love it. You know, okay, well, let's start from the very beginning. What time did you guys fly into Vegas? We got there about 2, two on Friday. Okay. 2 or so, yeah. So you can understand there is, like, the next time that you go to do that, you're going to have to try to plan a nighttime entrance into Las Vegas. So I hear the Thursday night flight will arrive yeah. at, like, 10, 11, something Just like that. Pretty, pretty, pretty late. It's an amazing, when you mm. come in in the middle of pure darkness you can see it coming from you know a thousand miles away it seems like driving into vegas at night is a really cool experience too because you kind of find yourselves in the foothills of the that uh the rockies there and that you know you're in the, the southern rockies and yep. you are you kind of wind through the desert and we've all been out at night in the middle of nowhere where you can see the lights of the city on the horizon well mm-hmm. imagine driving through the desert and driving, Seeing to, that driving show. to that yeah you see it for Ever and then you're going through these foothills and so it kind of disappears and reappears and then all of a sudden you get that grand uh, reveal of the whole city and Vegas is a it's a, it's a neat place. Man. I go to Vegas oh, every sure. year and I feel like I've never experienced this Vegas that Ross is talking about because really? I'm always arriving in the daytime. You should try that sometime, man. Never uh, never driven in. Yeah, that would that's an experience. My first time going to Vegas was driving through. We didn't even. It wasn't even a, a, a real Vegas experience. We stayed in like a Super 8 outside of the Strip. We met a friend that we had worked with who lived in Vegas. I think I told you about this, Nate. We went to a casino that was off the Strip. We saw a fight break out that was like oh, insane. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so I, and, then we, and then we were back in the truck the next day, and we were going to California to ride our, our mountain bikes in the, uh, in the Sierra. So we were... It wasn't a normal, that was not my normal Vegas experience, but that drive in and going through the mountains was awesome. I do. It, it's not necessarily Vegas because I'd probably, I go to Sacramento all the time, which is I-80. That's, Vegas isn't on I-80. Not to say I can't take a detour, but it is on my bucket you will list. Now. Instead of, I want to drive to California once, rent a car, drive out, and fly home. Just one time, just to experience that. So Nate went MIA a couple times. Good I for you. I, I don't know. I told you I, to do that. Good for yeah, you, buddy. I, I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> so the main the main point of the the trip, the the reason for the trip was this conference, which was called 10X Growth Conference with Grant Cardone. Uh, anyone that's interested, by the way, what Grant Cardone mainly does is a company called Cardone Capital. Uh, and their company premise is really really simple. They buy large apartment complexes, 
and they give you a chance to invest in them. So when someone buys something like that, they need 20, 25% down. He raises the money from people all around the country, mm-hmm. 5,000, 10,000 bucks a piece. And then you get monthly checks. So if you're looking for a place to park your money, especially now with the stock market taking an epic dump. Well, it's day day, day, yeah, day right, man. Day. It's been what we, it was like a, was it 11%? I think they Dude, every them, time I, I look, it's down a, a thousand like points a, thousand, a day, a thousand points, thousand points. A thousand day, points. Week long. I think when it gets over a ten percent movement in a day, they call it a correction. Yeah. yeah. So as someone that's fairly heavily invested in the market, it's frustrating over this. Um, now, keep in mind, I'm gonna I'm gonna paraphrase Doctor Drew, so people think that's not a real doctor. He is in fact a real doctor, <laughs> saying that what's going on with this coronavirus is really no worse than the flu. It's eighty plus percent of us. Um, could have it in our systems and not show any signs of having it. Um, the people that are dying are uh, immune compromised people, older, um, it was sick already, etc. And yet we're acting like it's this thing that we've never seen in humanity well, before. I, I do think there, and I even Doctor Drew has said this. Like it's there are some things about this that allow for you to buy into like the hysteria okay and i'm not trying to build on it i think you're right and dr drew's right that this probably isn't going to be the epidemic or pandemic that people are concerned it could be but there is some alarming stuff with it man like the once you're infected the death rate is something like two percent that's that's the same as the spanish flu which that's crazy high the, the the deal is it is something that they think they can they can kind of contain and yeah like Dr. Drew was saying the people that are dying those two percent are the immune compromised folks who either were dealing with things already but that's still like if if you know a hundred people that get this that end up getting infected don't with be it, one of the two two of them are gonna die and that's a horrible mm-hmm. thing so I think you know there again that's that's enough to cause alarm. Anybody that hears that is going to go, oh my gosh, this is horrible. 2% of people that I know are going to die. That's not what that means. 2% of people that are infected yeah. could possibly die. And that's not even in America right now where we have pretty good uh, disease control. We do a pretty good job of washing our hands. And um, The CDC as of yesterday was saying the risk here is low. Yeah. That could change. It mm-hmm. is, But it is amazing how this is going to affect so much stuff, Mark. It affects, uh, it affects everything. That's yeah. why the stock market's taking the dump that yeah. it takes. One of Dr. Drew's points was, though, that the media needs to shut up. The media is, is the one. Talk about spreading a, an illness. The, the media is the one that's spreading this. I watched um, several newscasts yesterday, and, of course, it's the lead story on all of them. Oh, my God. It's, it's reached California. Let's okay. talk about Vegas and, again. Gosh, I don't want to. Oh, yeah, we're, so we're, 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 we're going <laughs> back no, to no, Vegas. No, no, I don't mean to. I don't, I don't mean No, that for sure. We're, we're, going, we're definitely this going is, back to Vegas. I just don't think this is going to be the plague that wipes us out. I think you're right about that. Uh, you know, something to at least be aware of. But, man, the media thing, like, that's, that's what media does. It's so awful. It's so bad. 24-hour news is like the worst possible thing we ever could have had because... And in a way, don't you feel as you are a member of the media? Not in this necessarily this, yeah. this exact way. But in a way, in a sick way, if you want to call it that, they love this shit. Oh, absolutely. They yeah, love well, it. Mark, they're looking for anything that can make a headline. Yeah. If they can put it in all caps and mean it, and and people dying of a strange new virus, oh, yeah. dude, this is like... they're. I mean... I know it sounds super cynical, but yeah, there are news directors and newsrooms that are begging to 
have this thing become a big story mm-hmm. so that they've got stuff to write the about. The phrase, right? if it bleeds, it leads. Yeah, that's right. Ju- jumps to mind. Stuff, <sighs> stuff to talk about that gets people involved in listening and watching. 100%. Right. So, okay, let's go back so to the Vegas. coronavirus no, wasn't something that you picked up in Vegas. We're no. hoping. Okay. No, not as of yet. You yeah. fly in at like 2 on Friday. Yep. We run into Donald J. Trump right away. Traffic was what? stopped. Yeah, no, we couldn't leave the airport yep. what? for you know at least 30 minutes. We probably sat by, we had a limo because we're bougie. Yep. Um, <laughs> so we had a crazy limo driver too, man. I don't, where was she from? Macedonia. Okay, Macedonia dressed in like military combat boots. And yeah. Full, uh, was she wearing a headscarf, I think? She had just shaved her head. For some reason, okay, but she was she was kooky, man. Yeah, but anyway, we cool. We were in a standstill in the parking lot, not moving an inch because Trump was at the airport trying to leave. Apparently, he had been in Vegas and was I leaving. Think, I think so he was no, coming in. Maybe actually. he's coming in or going. Whatever. I think he was coming in. See, whatever. He didn't but come in for the one there for the fight. The caucus I mean, was think, on Saturday. I'm just oh, thinking. Right, yeah. right, 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 right. And the thought for me Jeez, was, man, what a powerful man. position. This one dude's coming in, regardless of who it is. The president is coming in. And no one's moving. Mm-hmm. And that's just the way it is, man. It's just the way it is. We're all at the mercy of one person needing to get to where they need to get now to. Now that I'm thinking about it, I wonder if people coming into the airport missed fights or run into their gates. Maybe. I have, I have no idea. But it all shuts down. It all stops when the president. I would imagine around. all the flights get shut down, too. You know what I mean? All the air traffic yeah. has to come to a standstill also. So maybe that affects. Oh, dude, I can't imagine the logistical nightmares that come with something like that. Well, just routing through town and just wherever yeah. they're going, ev- everywhere. Every they time go. he's in Des Moines, you, I see people bitching about it, like they shut down traffic. You know, yeah. when uh, yeah. God, what was he in town for? Oh, he, he did the he did his uh, rally at Drake. Yeah, before the caucus. Right, yeah. and uh, yeah, people in my neighborhood were upset, man, that they couldn't get around to Hy-Vee. Do, do you think being a Secret Service agent would be badass or just really boring? Badass. Uh, I've been around a few of these guys in my life. I have some. I I I have a uh, hearsay, yeah, uh, story, and then I have one that I was that, that I was there for. Okay, so the hearsay story comes from my buddy Steve Carnes, who was an Emmy award winning photojournalist for IPTV, and I go fishing with Steve from time to time. He's an awesome guy. Steve was a photojournalist for NBC and TV thirteen in the eighties and nineties. And George W. Bush, when he was president, or not George W. Bush, uh, George, George H. W. Bush, Bush was in town and was at the WHO studios. And it was kind of like one of these surprise deals, right? Yep. So Steve gets a phone call from his boss. They're like, Steve, the president is at the studios. We need you to get down here as quickly as you can or going to be here. And you, you, know, you need to get here as quickly as you can. So Steve grabs his gear and he races down to the studio and he comes rushing in the front door of the building and... There's like six Sacred Service guys standing there. And one of them turns and says, Sir, who are you and what are you doing here? And Steve, using the lingo of a photojournalist, says, I'm here to shoot. I'm here to shoot the president. Oh, my God. <laughs> and the guy allegedly got in Steve's face and said, What? You need to rethink what it is, you're, what it is you just said. Yep. And, of course, he was, uh, he was panicked. Hey, Mark, you got uh, – there you go. Hi. You need to, re- and, and you know, he obviously realized what, you know, stumbled and stammered. And, uh, you know, some of the guys thought it was funny, some didn't. Now, the one that I was there for was Jan Michelson, used to do a show live at the fair. And one year, Tom Vilsack came, and Vilsack was the secretary of ag. And he had a Secret Service detail. It was one guy. 
uh, but he was a badass dude, okay? And he kind of built like Nate, but maybe even like 6'4". You know, I mean, he looked like a mountain. So a little chubby. but uh... Stop it with the chubby. <laughs> Nate's not chubby, man. A little so bit. Anyway, anyway uh, big Nate, guy. Nate a used dude, to be a fatty. That's where this dude, comes from. Well, yeah, that's, he, self-admitted. He's, he's, but he's self-conscious about it, so it's not nice for you to call him a fatty, you jerk. Yeah, Mark. So anyway. Jerk. Shut up, fatty. The, uh, <laughs> <laughs> shut up, fatty. The uh, uh, Vilsack is there in the in the room, and a dude came in. I think it was like with a tenderloin or some big food item. I think it was a tenderloin. And Michelson wanted to share it with the. They were going to like share it, right? And uh, before when Vilsack came in, the food wasn't there yet. When Vilsack came in, the service guy comes in. He's like checking things out, and he asked Jan if he had any weapons on him. And Jan's like, "Well, yeah, I have." Uh, I have a pocket knife with me. And the guy's like, well, just to be safe, why don't you give me your pocket knife while you're doing the interview? Okay, so he took Jan's keys from him, which we thought was kind of weird. And because Jan and Vilsack had been friends for a long time. So they did the 15-minute interview or whatever it was. And the Secret Service guy went outside of the room. And and this is like a glass studio. There's windows on all four sides. And the Secret Service guy sat outside of the studio while Jan sat in the room with Governor Vilsack. And... uh, as the interview gets over, Secret Service guy comes in. That's when the tenderloin comes in. And they're like, hey, Bill Sack's like, you want to split this with me, Jan? And Jan goes, oh, yeah, I would. And so the Secret Service guy hands Jan back his knife. Jan opens the blade on his knife and leans across the table to cut this tenderloin, like, in front, right in front of Vilsack. Okay? Yep. And, he, and Jan, like, pauses. The Secret Service dude doesn't flinch. Jan, like, pauses, and he's like, wait a minute. Why did you take my knife from me while I did the interview, but now I've got the blade open four inches from his gut, and you don't seem to care at all? And the Secret Service guy, not joking and not batting an eye, said, well, I don't like to shoot through glass. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Like, the thought that this guy was planning on how he was going to take everybody out around him yep. at all times. That's what he is thinking is yep. like, how am I going to be lone survivor in this situation? Situational situation? awareness. They've always Dude. got a plan. It was, it was that moment, and it didn't, he didn't think about it. It wasn't a joke. He wasn't saying it to be funny. Nope. He was dead serious. Situ- like, well, Situational I, yeah, awareness. He had a plan. I, I took that from you because I don't like to shoot through glass, and I knew that if you, you know, I've got time to come in here and kill you if you start to choke him. But it was like, holy cow, this is amazing. That's my, those are my only two secret service. If you ever want to freak out, people start talking into your wrist like you're wearing something. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I see that. Yeah. I, I see that. That's good. That's what they, they do. People will look at you like you're some big deal, dude. They're like, what's going on? Just freak people Talk out. Talk into your wrist. That's freak like, people out. It's have great. To, you have to have sleeves in order for that to work. You do. You yeah. do, for sure. Yeah. A guy in a t-shirt can't pull that <laughs> off. Speaking of, sec- <laughs> speaking of security, one of the worst jobs, talking about jobs, would be, so this goes back to this conference that I was at. I want to tell you some of the people that showed up to this thing. Um, but what would be security, and this can even be something as simple as concert security. So your job is sitting with your back to the stage and looking at the audience the whole time. Yeah. Man, that would suck. Uh, technically, at a concert, you're still hearing, you know, but, like, you see it, front row security. Yeah. Is usually faced towards the Always. towards the crowd, yeah, right, and they never look happy about being there. I'm like, what if they like the music? 
can they tap their foot at least? You know, it's like, this is my band. And <laughs> like, you know, the star of the show is eight feet behind them and they can't even turn around to, to, to look at them. That, in uh, some cases, some of the most famous people on the planet. Yeah. Standing uh, inches behind you. Dude, you were that close. You what did he look pre- like? <laughs> you have to I don't know. I don't like, remember. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what he looked like. Smelled good, though. Yeah. So anyway, we're at this yeah, 10 good, good breath. Yeah, we're at this 10X growth conference, which is just about 10X your life and get, get a better wife, et cetera. And, and they had announced uh, speakers, uh, which was great. Um, Kevin Hart, by the way, was kind of the highlight. He was the last speaker to go on Sunday. I've always been a big fan of his. I like uh, super, super smart guy. Yeah. And like we think of comedian, we think of actor, but a lot of these people are business people. Mm-hmm. So, but they had several surprise guests as well that weren't announced. And it was like, you know, come back after lunch. You're not going to want to miss this type of stuff. So it was, it was built up. Um, three of them that jumped to mind. There were several Dana White showed up on Friday. We weren't there for that, but Dana White was a surprise guest talked on Saturday. Um, John Travolta came and talked crowd went crazy for John Travolta. Jeez. Um, Usher, <laughs> Usher came in and talked. Okay. All right. Um, who am I missing? Nate? Who was another one? That- uh, Snoop Dogg was with Usher because right? he like did a concert. Basically, I was gone at this point. This is when I had wandered off. Um, oh, who- we're going to get to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are going to get to that. I'm, uh, I have photos of these. I'm trying to go back through, but I want to. I want to tell you something about uh, John Travolta, which was interesting. What that he's a Scientologist. He did not talk about Scientology. Well, I all. wonder why, because uh, he he knew that people would have called him out for being a in a cult. Uh, probably right. Uh, oh yeah, here was a cool one uh, that came out to money falling from the sky. So if I say money falling from the sky, based on where we were, who was the special guest? I have money falling from the sky. Joel Osteen was there? Money, <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. Literally dollar bills falling from the sky. I have no idea. Who is that? Floyd Money Mayweather oh, showed up. Dude. So we're talking. I'll tell you, you're not blowing me away with it's this. It's okay. Guest These list. are famous people, though. Famous yeah. people. Yeah. You know, but before you. When, when I get a text message, I'd also miss this part. They're like, oh, Floyd Money Mayweather's here. Why is he at a business conference? Because he's a business all, all these people have business connections. I understand that he's rich, but what else does he do other than punch people in the face? Well, according to what he says, he owns five skyscrapers. So he's in, invested in real okay, estate. So he's in real estate. He's got one of the best watch collections in the world, which is technically, you can call that a business. Mm, how, how much, yeah. Ross, no, how much, yeah. how much our, Ross does our, his most expensive watch cost? Because he, he, he said it. I'm not surprised. He 80K. Did. No, what, dude, put, put a zero on that. In fact, I will do that. I'll say eight hundred thousand. I think it's more than eight hundred thousand dollars. All right, here's the truth. I'm, so, I'm going to say he has a three million dollar watch. He has a bunch of watches. Kind of his minimum for a watch is a million dollars. Minimum. Jesus. His minimum. He has a watch that cost eighteen million dollars. I should. I yeah yeah. Eighteen million dollars. But how many? How much money do you make in his last three fights, Ross? Oh, jeez. Uh, that's 100 million oh, a piece. Yeah. Plus promotion, plus 500 million in the last 750 fights. million jeez. dollars for three fights in which he did not get knocked down. In fact, he's never been knocked down, I don't think, in his 15-0 career. You could probably look up the number of punches he took in those three fights because one of those was against McGregor, McGregor, McGregor. which was an absolute, which was an exhibition. The yeah. other one, another one was. Pacquiao, Pacquiao would have been one of the was, last three. Which was the, the yeah. he just put on a defensive clinic the whole yep. fight. Yeah. So people ask, are, are you going to fight again? Are you going to fight again? For him to fight again, and he probably will. He would make three hundred million dollars. So obviously the pay per views sell. 
with him. People do want to tune in and see him. Well, but once you factor in like agent fees and taxes. No, so here's another one. He says, he says he doesn't have agents. He doesn't have agents. Here's one of the common things that those guests that came were talking about. And a lot of them don't have agents. They represent, they do their own deals. Hence one of the reasons they were there. They claim at least to be businessmen. So John Travolta, by the way, um, was talking a lot about airlines, not about movies. He's known, he's done deals with Qantas before where he was a brand ambassador. The guy flies like 737s, not little jets. We're talking about he, he owns and flies. So for the Qantas deal, he told them uh, he didn't want a fee necessarily. He wanted like a 737 and they gave him one. I mean, that was the deal. Um, and then now he's with Boeing. No one's ever been with Boeing as a brand ambassador. He's their brand ambassador, et cetera. Interesting, though, about movies, if you want to talk about the movies, how much money did he get paid for Pulp Fiction? Oh, oh boy. Let's see. Uh, that's I have no idea what, even where to guess with that, Mark, because with Tarantino, I could see that being like a deal where Tarantino convinced him to do it for a half million dollars or something. So I, yeah, I'll go with half million dollars. You're on the right track, but it's even lower, right? It's 140. 140,000. Wow. And he said everybody on that movie made 140k. And Bruce, Bruce Willis made 140k. In Tarantino's defense, like when you first asked me that question, all, the first thing that almost came out of my mouth was, "Well, he's not even the star of that movie." Because yeah. because there is yeah. really no star of that no. movie. And so <laughs> in his defense, Tarantino's defense, I'm sure that's how he justified it yeah. to them, was like... My response to that was, well, he learned some of the greatest dance moves ever. Here, here, here's something, though. If you want to tie it into what we do, people say, why do you charge less than you have to at Charterhouse? And one of the reasons we do that is because, one, it's good for the client, obviously, but, two, we also believe that doing the right thing can lead to more. In that case, his career had kind of ended. He was not a household name. I mean, people knew who John Travolta was, but he was not in a great spot in his career. So he agreed to do this for $140,000. Two to three years later, he was one of the top paid movie stars in the world. Yeah. So these things can lead to other things, hence our model, right? They lead to relationships and other deals and all of that stuff. Yes. It's kind of the same principle. Mm. So yeah, uh, I'm just, you know, Travolta, uh, he's a weird cat, man. He seems like an awesome guy. He seems like a, just a really nice human being, right? He's always seems to be in a good mood. He's got that smile on his face. He has since he was 16 years old. The Scientology thing to me, I can't get. He's past. like he's likable. He's likable. I also think there's my own take. Not that there's anything wrong with this. I think he's a homosexual, but he's married to a woman. I think because of some, things like yeah. photos of him kissing his pilot on the lips and well, just, I mean, you know just, some weird yeah. stuff. There's always been that rumor out there about him. I think it's true. Yeah. Mannerisms, mannerisms. Which yes, I'm judging, and then. Uh, photographic evidence Jeez. <laughs> let's, let's put it both ways so um but no it was a good conference nate skipped most of it i don't yeah. know what he was doing at this time he can uh, feel free to share with the crowd if he if he wants to uh, what, what did i do i'll be honest uh, so saturday we go down there and uh i just i was fidgety and the seats were tight and i just wasn't comfortable and I may or may not have had a couple edibles, and I was like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. <laughs> that is, that's legal. That's legal. Yeah, for the record, it's legal. So I, I left. That's oh, and we ate, we ate lunch, and I was so full, and I was a little high. So I I bailed. I went to the hotel, and I took like an hour nap. Good I, for you. Don't lie. Yeah. Um, but then I was up basically all night, so whatever. So what? So okay, I we need to back up, man. You guys got so there Friday. so Friday night we did something fun that I had not, yeah, not yeah, done yeah, before. Was, Friday I experienced something I never experienced before. What was that? <laughs> actually, man, actually, you overbuilt that. Actually, being high. No, yeah. 
Uh, and I was also drunk at the same time. Because from the time we get, well, we get in our limo and we go to the dispensary. And we all go in and check it out and we get our candy or whatever. While Bensi goes across the street and gets a case of beer. So from there, we go to the Vegas sign, then to our hotel. And from in that 40-minute period, if it was even that, I had some gummies. Yeah. And I think I had seven beers. Well, okay. And then we get to Top Golf. <laughs> yeah, so the the experience was not him getting high. It was going to Top Golf, everybody. But we we Top Golf in Vegas, by the way, is very cool. Well, very cool view. No, I am uh, talking about getting high. Top Golf was cool and it was great, and I would highly recommend it, especially in Vegas. But we get there and I was like, "Wow, I'm really messed up right now." Yeah. <laughs> and keep in mind, we're on like the uh, fourth of deck, so yeah. uh, he doesn't want to stagger too no, far. No, oh, you, now, there is now, a, there is a net, there, okay, but right. the net only extends out about four feet. So if you wanted to fall off, so you probably totally could. Yeah, right. And you're yeah, a grown man's big enough. You could. Oh, for sure. Oh, it's. I was more worried about throwing my club. I was like, my hand. I didn't feel like I had any kind of grip. <laughs> Can you picture Shrek trying to golf, by the way? This is not Nate, but picture a big, strong Shrek trying to golf with a tiny little golf club. That's what Bensi looks like. And if you've ever been to Top Golf, Bensi had one goal, and it was to try to hit a golf ball over the net out onto the road or, you know, into civilization. I don't think he succeeded because no. that net is really, really high. There, you, but yeah. he, was, he was certainly trying. That net is huge. Net. It doesn't seem big until you... You see him hit a bomb, and you're like, "Man, that's a really high shot." Bensi launched and then it's, ball too. And then, oh he yeah, can, he can yeah. hit it. And then it's then you realize he wasn't even close. Yeah. Those nets are huge. Well, they kind of need to be because literally roads are right outside of this place. Yeah. So like it's liability of golf balls raining down on traffic as people are driving. But no, it. It's and I would a, imagine in Vegas at a place like that, they get the they get some of the greatest golfers in the world. That are hitting golf balls. I mean, maybe guys maybe. that can hit 400 yard drives are. I mean, the range is only 200 and it wasn't very far. 10 yards the or ba- something. The back so to, net, hit, yeah. to hit the end of the net, it's not hard at all. Really? It's, it's just it, the height of it the at height, that point. Oh, the height. Yeah. It's really high. You know, could Tiger Woods clear the net or probably? I mean, I'm I don't sure if he wanted to. Yeah. 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 I don't think that thing's set up for pro golfers to. But anyway. Okay. All right. So, so top. As as but I, I, don't, I don't think most pro golfers are going to be in there hammered and be like, I want to try to hit it over the net. <laughs> uh, I would. Yeah. <laughs> Bubba, Bubba Watson could do it, man. There's no question. So, so top golf was, was cool. Cool. Okay. That uh, was Friday night. So then, yeah. then we that did. Was part of Friday night, right? That was basically Friday night. After that, we all kind of kind of split, did some gambling a little bit. I think you and Joe and I played blackjack for a while on Friday night. Yeah. Okay. I, I want some money. Want so some Saturday money. morning, now it's uh, business time. You're going to go to the conference. You're going to uh, get uh, hot and heavy and 10X your life. Yep. And you get down there and you find out the seats are a little bit uncomfy, so you're going to go back and uh, take, a, take a nap. This is after lunch, yes. Okay. All right. After lunch. So then you take your nap, and then now you're now it's Nate Lee, Vegas Virgin. Now he's raring to go. Here we so. go. Walk out onto the strip and... Well, I was by myself at this point. I took an Uber back to the hotel. I had lost a couple bets, but I placed a big one right before I went and took a nap. So you had gone to the sports book already? In our hotel, okay, yeah. yeah. So I, I took Which hotel were you guys in? The Link. The Link, which is not... The Link. Link's fine. The Link is fine. I don't want to down, downplay it, the Link. Is it a new place? Is it a rebranded it's place? It's newer, right? It's probably rebranded. It was probably something else a long time ago. The Link is basically right in the middle of the strip. It's across the street from the Mirage and Caesars, basically. Mm-hmm. We booked it. Because uh, we were getting some comps there, and it's not overly expensive, but mainly because of location. It's easy to leave there and walk many, many other it's very places. very centrally located. It's 
It's nice. Rooms and are it's small. very cheap. Rooms are small. Centrally are located small. is a big deal mm-hmm. on the strip, as you found out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where you've been? How many times have you been to Vegas? Uh, three or four, something where, like that. Where not, have you stayed? Other than your Motel Six day, Man, where where did you stay? Okay, yeah, I think okay. So the first time was like that. Yeah, Motel Six, uh, Excalibur. Okay, would have been like. Um, yeah, I remember when I went with Aaron, we were at Caesars. Yep. Um, man, and then there's a bachelor party in there that is fuzzy. Okay. <laughs> I don't even remember where we were. I think, and that might have been, because Excalibur was pretty much the cheap place. And yeah. we, were, we yeah. were poor kids, so we were always doing things on the budget. We were taking the Allegiant flight, getting the, uh, getting the cab to the Excalibur, and then walking everywhere once we were there. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure it would have been Excalibur that time. When I went with Aaron, we stayed at Caesars. Aaron won that trip, but it was in July. Ooh, dude, Hot. most uncomfortable I've ever been outside Hot. in my life, man. It felt like somebody had a dryer, like yeah. a hair dryer, blowing it in your face. The yeah. wind, the the it air, could get 115, 120. The air hurt there. your face. It did. <laughs> yeah. It was, and then they had. Um, well, you probably saw they have like canopies. They set these up in the summer, at least from. Hotel to hotel, they'll even set up canopies, walkways, mm-hmm. so that you can stay in the shade yep. because it's like a vampire, man. You walk three inches off the shade, and you're like, ah, hot, God, oh, jeez. And then you go inside, and you're like, oh, burr. Like yeah, right, but you're, you, can't, you walk in, and you're like, it's one of those things where you walk in, you're like, oh, yeah. I just want it to be cold. Yeah. Yep. Oh, it feels so good. So Vegas is brutal, man. And then, like, yeah. did you stay up late at night enough to, to where it got cold? Like real cold? Yeah, well, it was cold Saturday, anyways. It was, was it? warmer here than it was in Vegas. It wasn't. Saturday. It wasn't cold. It was cool. cool. It was cool. Fifties. Yeah, Fifties. We right? walked to dinner on Sunday night. It, it was, was borderline right. coolish. So, what was then. the? What was your favorite thing you did? Um. So I like to play cards, and I play at Prairie Meadows all the time. Poker. Um, I played a more expensive tournament out there which is a lot more fun than the, anything I've done at Prairie Meadows because yeah. people actually give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> you get out of Prairie Meadows and, you know, I got some stories about how people that just don't care are just throwing chips around and then they'll get lucky. And I can go on all day about how mad they make me. But, yeah. I mean, these people really care. Like, it's like real poker, and it was fun. It was a good experience. Of course, Bensie almost wiped me out within the no. first half an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Your own dude was yeah. about to take you off the table. That's not very nice. He he, he says he tried to bet me out of the hand, but he checked his 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 trips that he got on the flop. Vince's pretty so, good at poker, so I didn't have him read as having three of a kind, and I had the high two pair. So it, yeah, you're conf- uh, you're confusing our audience now. Just yeah. say Vince's pretty good at he's poker. He's good. He's good. Man, so wh- he's okay. not good at getting someone right. out of a hand, even though he wanted right, to. Right. He's trying no, to get me not out. gambling. Because so far you said you you went just to walking around book. just walking around um, went to I saw most of the highlights um, I did not get to MGM Did you ever go So we were there during the the Fury fight which was Yeah right you interesting did. but we didn't go to MGM Graham mm-hmm. It was you know that's at the end Probably a good idea to stay away from that anyway during that time We did think about Crazy. it But uh, went yeah, to Aria yeah. walked through Aria walked through What do you think of Aria Raggio. by the way I never talked to you about that Like Aria compared to the Link. Oh, it's way, way better. Mario is like a billion dollars. It's fucking huge. <laughs> huge. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's huge. Um, so I've stayed at a bunch of places. I've stayed at Aria, um, stayed at the Mirage, which is nice. Stayed at uh, Palazzo, which mm-hmm. is which is nice. 
Um, I ran into a buddy there from Ankeny, um, had some drinks with him uh, on Saturday afternoon. He stays at the Wynn every time he's out there, yeah. which is an extremely nice hotel. And just in the course of this one drink, he said he had run into, I think, three famous people that were just at the Wynn, including, I don't know if you watch Ballers, but uh, it's a rock. Yeah, one of the actors on Ballers, he ran into Michael J. Fox, said hello to him at the pool. Apparently, that's where the celebrities go because a little bit off the strip, very, very nice hotel. So now, of course, I want to go there. Ross is unimpressed by celebrities. I like to see them. Yeah. Because <laughs> Ross is a celebrity. No, who? who yeah, I mean, you like are. You are. Michael J. Fox. You realize how much our stock has gone up since you've joined us? <laughs> I hope that's real. I, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. You're like the charter house? Ross works. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's yeah. great. I th- I, and I have told you this, but I feel like it's been the other. I, I feel like when I tell people that I'm uh, coming to work here, it's the opposite. It's like, whoa, man. Working for Mark, that's badass. Like Turner, they're kicking ass right now. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah I know, I know. Yeah. Gonna kick ass more. You wait. Hey, yeah. we're just gonna help each other. So let, let me ask you this, Russ: Who is name a celebrity that you would actually like to run into, see, oh. where you'd like, like it'd raise your temp just a little you bit? You know, and I, I, I downplay it, but I, I do like seeing. If I were with you in Vegas, and all of a sudden you're like, Ross, Michael J. Fox just walked by, I would turn around and be like, Oh man, I loved Michael J. Fox when I was a kid. Who would I right now? Man? Who would you? Let me ask you this. Autograph, I, I autographs one. are out. I've, I've got one. How about like at, want a photo with? Maybe even ask. Like, can I get a p- quick picture with you? Elon Musk. Really? Mm. Elon would definitely take a picture yep. with you. That He'd be oh, one. Yeah. Um, you know, and then there, I have a couple of geeky science ones like. Uh, oh, that aren't Elon Musk? Yeah. Graham Hancock, who is uh, an archaeologist. Uh, I like Neil deGrasse Tyson and yeah. Michio Kaku, who yeah. are like what uh, physicists. I think Neil uh, deGrasse Tyson, by the way, um, I've I've become a fan of Dude, because he, he has a very 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 clear way of under, explaining science. Yeah, and I don't, yeah. I don't I don't agree with everything he has to say, but I think he's a brilliant guy. And and when when I don't agree with him, I even tend to decide that as a DMAC dropout, I probably shouldn't question what yeah. the, what yeah. the He's got a few the, more degrees se- than you have. Several yeah. letters behind his name. I, I, I'm missing one, though, and this is... He's actually coming to town here in a couple months, and I never, ever, ever pull the string with uh, my friends at the Iowa Event Center to try yeah. to meet people. But I know, I know this, where you're going. This Joe Rogan, yeah. I might actually see if I could... I like him a lot, man. Do, po- do, do you listen to the podcast I don't, all the time? I, I he has long, never, long podcasts, yes. by the way. Even if he's talking to Neil two, three hours Tyson, a lot of times, Sturgill Simpson, he's had Graham Hancock on multiple times. I, you know what? I'm I've probably listened to an entire Graham Hancock episode with him. He turned me on to a uh, yeah. a, a pill that I just ordered, by the way, Alpha Brain. If you heard him talking about uh, that, yeah, yeah, uh, nootropics, that type of stuff. Yeah. Supposedly, and I did uh, actually read clinical research on this particular one. They did blind, uh, double blind test, et cetera. With it's supposed to help you think think of the word that you can't quite grasp, just be more clear, et cetera. I don't have them yet, haven't taken them, but I'm interested because now I'm 41, and I get a little older. I'm like, man, what was I just thinking? That happens a lot more to it's, me than, it, than it used to. I'm with you, Mark. Yep, and uh, I've never noticed all that stuff about 40. And the thing that he's done that I've uh, Taking the most intrigue in is the uh, HGH, yeah. the natural HGH, yeah. and he seems to claim a lot of big benefits from that. Now, Rogan, 
again, you can't, you, you should never, there should not be anybody in the world that you agree with everything they say. There shouldn't be. You're not thinking for yourself sure. if that's the case. Sure. Uh, but he gets into like the ayahuasca and the DMT. Oh, yeah. And you and I have talked about the psychedelics before. Trippy. You know, I'm a, I am a... I'm scared as hell to take yeah, something like you know, that, dude. Maybe I, it, since you've held my hand through this real estate thing, <laughs> maybe uh, I have talked about this openly. We've talked about it on the podcast. I'm a fan of psychedelics. Yeah. And I, I think that... Uh, you want to go on this ayahuasca trip with me, don't you? <laughs> I really... You hold hands I, and say, see you later, buddy. I really do. I you, really you do. You want to connect with me on a different plane than the All one that these, we're on right now. You know, you can find... Jordan Peterson is another guy I'm a big fan yeah. of. Yeah, very about smart guy. Here. I love Jordan Peterson. Um, it, it, Jordan Peterson, London Real. I've turned you on to that London Real. Dan Pena and all these other guys. Really brilliant people talking about taking this journey... And yeah. kind of finding some self, uh, you know, doing this self-exploration, if you will. Sure. I'm a huge fan of that. I, I have taken, have had psychedelic mushrooms, the psilocybin mushrooms, and I just thought it opened my mind to... Did you see weird stuff? No, no, it? it's not about seeing You didn't see the world things. in colors no. or... No, man, I got this... Talk to that dead grandparent. I got this introspective personal inventory that I've always found necessary. Yeah. Like I, it, it was a way to like bookmark my life and, and stop for a moment, even if for a night, and stop for everything and reevaluate and say, okay, and it, I can't even, it gets hard to describe, man. The, the best thing I've ever heard about it is um, doing, doing mushrooms is like you, you went to a carnival, and you came back, and you can't exactly remember the details of the carnival, but you know you were there, and you know it exists. Yeah. <laughs> you know that the carnival's there. You yeah. just have a hard time trying to tell everybody about it. Sure. And ever since then, he's had a pet dragon. Yeah, right. It's not, and that, there are people that are like, oh, man, this sounds trippy. It's not, I just, I always enjoyed it, but I've learned since then that um, I'm an introspective guy, yeah. right? It, doing psychedelics is like lighting a bottle rocket on your personality, Whichever way you're pointed, yeah. you're going to go really fast. So if you had to summarize them, whether they're mushrooms or ayahuasca or whatever, um, I'm simplifying this, but you ingest one, and is, is it as simple as it's unlocking or opening a part of your brain that isn't normally open? So uh, for mushrooms... Okay, imagine like a, a a gas tank, right? For mushrooms, you're kind of on the empty side of the scale. For ayahuasca, you're really on the full side of the scale. Uh, for acid, you're about that quarter tank. And then the um, uh, DMT and stuff is kind of like the three quarters of a tank. Sure. The empty side, it's going to take a long time. You eat mushrooms, it comes on real slow. It goes away real slow. There is no like, oh my gosh, moment in there, Yeah. right? The ayahuasca is the exact opposite, or those other drugs, the DMT, where the DMT is probably the full side, I guess, where you take the DMT or smoke the DMT, whatever it is you do with it. And from what I understand, it's like, bang, now you're on the ride. The man. thing, the that, the thing, that, scare, the oh, thing oh, that scares man. me about all of it is not like I'm going to die from it or anything like that. It's you do it and you realize while you're doing it, this is a bad trip. And you can't get out of it until yeah. it leaves your system yeah. or wears. 
I don't like, and this maybe goes to my my other issues, which are claustrophobia based, etc. Which isn't just confinement tight spaces; it's being in something that I cannot leave. So I like to just know I can mm. I can get out of this yeah, if I need you to. You don't have any kind of control, so I can't mm. control getting out. Yeah, and you, and, and how that do you, the part how do you handle flying? Out. Do you handle flying fine? I handle flying much better than I handle sitting on the ground not moving, which is weird. So for me, it's about. Um, as long as I know that the plane is moving towards a destination, sure. I'm okay. Sure. If we land and we get up to the gate and everyone's not leaving the plane, they're just refusing to open the door, that bothers me Which far does. more than flying. That does happen from time to time. It, I mean, do, I it does. So yeah. I, the horror stories that just make me break into a cold sweat are they sat on the runway for three hours and didn't move or like literally as I play this out of my mind, if that was ever me now, I take drugs with me on the plane. I've never ingested a single tablet, but if I'm start to like, here comes a panic attack, baby, I've got pills that hopefully would just cool me out and I'm, yeah. I'm totally cool. But in a situation like that, I'm always thinking, what would I do? Um, and for me, what would I do? Open the emergency door and let the chute deploy. <laughs> I'd be like, I got to get the hell out of here and oh like whatever gosh. happens. Now, the reason that would scare me is because now I'm arrested. Yeah. yeah. The and idea of being the idea of being cuffed with my arms behind my back freaks me out. Yeah. The idea of a jail sale absolutely freaks me out. I'm one of those guys that based on today, right? Now, people are like you can do anything you want, you can anything you set your mind to it. If I got sentenced to prison, I'd probably kill myself. Now, hopefully I wouldn't, but I would rather die than have to live in a prison cell. I, wow. I mean, that, that's, how strong, that's how strong I feel about it, right? Well, that's a good place to have your fears. I mean, because that, that's... Yeah, so it, keep, it keeps me from doing the bad of, things yeah, the that are of, going to... So go don't, to go to, don't go to prison. <laughs> yeah, no, prison would not... The, rape me all you want. Yeah, I don't think you Just do don't well put in, me in my cell. I don't know? think you'd do well in prison anyways. No, <laughs> no, no, I do, I do terrible. But you'll notice like things like... Um, yeah, and what's weird is I've never reached the point. This is funny because I listened to Chris Williams' episode where he's talking about mental mental. I health, haven't heard that right? yet. I need to go download that. It's really good. It. I mean, yeah. Chris, is messed, Lindsay Finley, right? Chris is messed up, but he's always admitted yeah. he's messed up, yeah. right? It's not a secret. Uh, Lindsay Finley on that admitted she's been admitted twice for a period of over 37, 40 days. Wow. Like sedated the whole deal, right? So it's reached a point with her where it got really, really bad. So I'm sympathetic of that. Right, I don't know that I have a mental illness or a deficiency, but I know that I can be totally normal, not confined, and suddenly have a confining thought, yep. and it's very, very, very uncomfortable. Like Nate was saying, he was getting uncomfortable the other day. So, as an example of this, we get to we get to Vegas, and we're in a limo. Right, you'll notice when I was in the limo, I wanted to be by the door. Mm. Right, I oh, want to be yeah. by the window. I don't want to be in the middle of a limo where the doors aren't handy, etc. So when you have something like I do where it's never risen to the level where I actually pop the pill, right? So I'm able to talk my way out of it in my own head. I still notice I'm uncomfortable with the situation. The idea of being in the backseat of a two-door car, I'll just walk. Like I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want anything to do with that. That feels extremely confining to me. So the key is to when those things happen, what's going on? Your brain is, t is sending you signals. Your brain is telling you stuff. So how do you combat it? You think about other things. You put on some music. You start watching a movie. You, you've got to get your brain off of that track and onto something else. And as soon as that happens, the fears go away because your brain's not focused on it, right? So when I hear about coronavirus, where does my brain go? Not that I'm going to get sick. 
if I got sick, so be it. I'm going to get, get sick and I'm going to get quarantined. And now I can't leave somewhere. That's mm-hmm. where my brain goes. So people that deal with these things, man, I'm sympathetic to you. Luckily, in 41 years, I'm to the point where it hasn't gotten to a level where I can't figure it out. But I don't want it to get worse than it does. I think it's important to be sympathetic because um, it can happen to absolutely anybody. I mean, our brains are our brains are weird. My my mom spent her entire working life working at a psychiatric unit. Yeah. Um, so it's something I've been around my whole life, and it was uh, th- this was another thing. Like when when my mom found out that I was. Uh, experimenting with things in my life like we were just talking about. Sure. Um, my mom, who was kind of an old hippie, sat down with me. She's like, listen, there are things that, there are things you cannot do here, all right? And um, like antidepressants, anti-anxiety medication, those are designed to push buttons in your brain. Sure. To fix things that are wrong. And if you don't have those Well, in things, my case, literally shut that, a part of I, your brain I off. I shouldn't even say, and I, I shouldn't say fix things that are wrong. It's the wrong way to put it because it, it, it's not that. It, it, that's 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 well. It's in, too in, jaded. My, in my case, I'm about to have a panic attack, which I haven't had. But if I'm about to, right. my brain, a part of my brain, is going nuts. Right. It's exactly. this pill shuts it off. It's designed to hit these buttons in your brain to make you feel a certain way. Sure. And if you don't need those buttons hit, and all of a sudden you've got these drugs in your brain pushing those buttons, bad things can happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and it can happen, and, and that can be. That doesn't have to be you're experimenting with drugs and you're taking, uh, you know, uh, Ritalin to get the high off of it. Now, all of a sudden, you're messed up because of that. That's a different deal. It can happen to a lot of us where all of a sudden you're just not feeling normal. You got that voice in your head is wicked and cruel and saying all this unbelievably horrible stuff. And then all of a sudden you are that person that needs to be sedated for 30 days and talked off ledge. Man, I've had... Not just mom. I've had friends that have done this and been in that position where I thought my that my friend is now off the ledge and is never coming back. Forget about who that guy was because he'll never be the same again. And six months later, you're hanging around going, "Holy cow, you're back to normal. You're yeah. not the you're not doing that stuff anymore." And this is awesome. And um, so I think it's important for everybody to hear this and not think like. You know, using Chris as an example, who I love like a brother, man. You can't you can't hear his story and go, ah, oh, wimp. Yeah. Or, oh, crazy. Especially hard for men, I think, it's to, right. it, to it's admit right. that you have something that makes you abnormal or weak. And, it, and, and it, it's not even weak. Yeah, you think it is. That's a good sure. way to put it, Mark. You think it makes you abnormal. Everybody's dealing with some level of it. And uh, it certainly doesn't make you weak to be able to talk about it and say, and to admit that you need help. Like we were talking about earlier with my dad and Ed Skinner. When you can admit something that is hard to admit, man, that takes like, that's admirable. We all know that as, as adults. When, when somebody admits that they're wrong, you think to yourself like, holy cow, could I do that? Yeah. Could I stand up in a room with people and go, hey, guys, uh, remember what I said earlier? Yep, I was totally wrong, and I, I'm an idiot for thinking that. Sorry. It's hard. You just had one the other day. You had a Facebook post or something. You posted about something that you called oh. it. I, I, I meant to go back and look, and I never did, but you called something a documentary and then found out it Dude, wasn't. Dude, Mr. America. Yes, it, and I don't get fooled by this stuff off of me because normally when I watch a documentary, I'll like be Googling it and finding out stuff about it yeah, as I sure, was. Yeah. This thing was so 
fascinating that I bought into it right away. It was on Hulu. It was called Mr. America. So it was filmed in a documentary style. Yeah, absolutely. Though, it is okay. totally a mockumentary. Okay. It, it is a it, it is presented as a documentary. They don't ever at any point break character. They don't ever. So it wasn't this what, a spinal so, tap. So I mean, it, it was, it was not obviously a no, mockumentary. Not over the top to the point. It was, it was really well done, man. It was at that point. It was at that absolute crossroads of several times I watched this thing and thought, this can't be real. Well, this so what, can't so be what's real. it about? What's it's it about? It's about a guy in Washington who wants to become the district attorney in his, in his community, okay? But the reason he wants to become the district attorney is because the DA had tried to charge him with, with murder and the court case ended up being a hung jury and he got this guy got away with it and just out of spite to piss off the the DA he was going to run against the DA as like a write-in candidate against him right and this documentary film crew found it fascinating that a guy that had gotten away with basically murder cuz he was a he he was a, a music festival promoter and some weird stuff went down at the music festival and some kids got hurt and died so the DA tried to sue him for it. He ended up uh, representing himself in the court case, and because it was a hung jury, he then went out and told people, I'm a better attorney than the district attorney. You should make me your huh. new DA. So was this a one show or a movie? It's or a, a yeah, 90 minute, 90 minute movie called Mr. America. <laughs> so you watch the whole thing. It, you knowing th you think knowing it's real. what it is now, it's not nearly as entertaining. And it, it wasn't because it didn't ever go over the top. It didn't. Yeah. But man, was did they do a good job of putting it right on that line? And nope. you, you knew nothing about it walking in. You just nothing. found it and started watching I, it. Yeah, I, now, I'm going to go home and watch it tonight, yep. and I'm going to be like, well, this is, I'm going to know. By the you're way. You're going to know, and yeah. you're going to think Ross is an idiot for not thinking <laughs> that this. Well, well an idiot. And then the other thing was, as soon as I, because I put something like on Facebook or Twitter, like, holy cow, is, have people seen this? Yeah. This is wild. I can't, it's, it's uncomfortable to watch, but I cannot turn away. So, like, one of the things that he does, again, as I'm saying this stuff out loud, I'm like, I can't believe I fell for it. But... His campaign signs, because he hates the district attorney and he keeps calling all of his, his stuff, he calls the district attorney a rat. And so his campaign slogan is, we have a rat problem. That's what his, his, what his campaign <laughs> slogan is going to mm -hmm. be. Nice. So he makes these giant signs that say, we have a rat problem. And then at the bottom of it, it says, uh, you know, Tim such and such for district attorney in real small letters. Well, then <laughs> part of this movie, he's going around to local businesses trying to convince them to hang these signs in their, like, <laughs> in their businesses. Yeah, like a restaurant. He tries to convince a restaurant to let him hang this sign in the window that says, we, we have, have a rat, have a rat, rat problem. problem. <laughs> yep. I'm definitely going to check it out now. I, I was when you were saying like I got fooled by this. I was thinking, camera. It was on Netflix. Can't remember the name of it, but the premise was who drew the dicks. Did you oh, see that? Yeah. Did you see that one? American Vandal. Yeah, I'm like, man, I hope Ross didn't get fooled by that one, that man. One, see, that one was a good one of like that's a really good series over, by the way. Yeah, going and they've done a, a second season with that. Yep. They uh, that's a good one of where it's it's pretty obvious up front that they're going over the top with this and yep. what it is that you're watching. And I, uh, I did enjoy that. My if you want a good whodunit, that. though, uh, American Vandal would, would fit that yeah. because it is a mystery <laughs> wrapped up in kind of comedy. Again, that one is more of a mock on 
the genre documentary of, style. Yeah, yeah. The the genre of making a murderer and all that. Like, yep. Um, so yeah, it, that was a fun a fun one. American Vandal, where the kid draws all the dicks on the teacher's cars in the parking lot. That's so the whole great. premise all shows who drew the dicks, and they go That's through awesome. like they break down the science of how this kid has been known to draw. A cock and balls for like his entire <laughs> his entire student career. He's like that's not he's, that's not my work. Yeah, he, he's, he's he's one of his trademarks is he always puts a couple of hairs on the ball sack. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, it's fantastic. It was it was uh, really good. I never saw part two. I, I think I sometimes to, you're just like ah, it's not going to be as good. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it wasn't. Good. It wasn't. That's a fun one though. But yeah, I got fooled by. Uh, what was it called? Mr. America. And it's a, you say it's on Hulu? Yeah, it's on, yeah. I might have to subscribe to Hulu. I was bummed, by the way, to find Dude, out the Cubs are not going to be on uh, YouTube TV. You guys have got to get your HBO to watch McMillions. It's the, it is such I, a I fascinating subscribed. I have HBO. I you subscribed and saw the first two. So they're four in now. Episodes. Yep, yep. the fourth, four of the six episodes are on. We were, on we were the, talking about the, uh, the funny FBI agent. Which he's great. Doesn't sound like it would be a thing, but uh, kind of the star of the it's show. It's a real deal, man. Yeah, it's a real thing. But anyway, yeah, there are like four episodes through that, and I've been, I've been locked into that one for a couple weeks now. Uncle. I just, I just hopped on the new Amazon show Hunters, which is not a documentary, but uh, the basic premise is before the end of the war, I think a bunch they sent a bunch of Nazis to America, like higher ranking officers. People have told me about and this. I've heard the, people say this is good. Yeah, they, the basic premise is it's like a secret society within America that's building a Fourth Reich. And it sounds it's like 1977 or something like that. And the hunters are a group of Jews that, well, not even all Jews. It's just a couple of Jews and then a bunch of random ass people. They're trying to find that are, these like, They find these people and then they kill them. And then there's an FBI agent that's like slowly unraveling and, and catching up to them and starting to figure out what's See, going on. See, now I was going to ask because I was thinking, and I asked Dan, I said, is this based on true story or fiction? Because, I, like, I don't know, maybe I'm some Nazis certain. did come over after after the war. I'm going to go with fiction. So, sounds a little fiction-like, but it reminds me of, uh, what's the movie where it's a revenge movie for the uh, Munich bombing? Very, very good movie. Ross, uh, Eric Bana is the star of that. It's kind of a hit squad that goes after the people responsible for the Olympic uh, Munich bombing I that killed not, all those people. I don't know this one. I think it's called Munich. Is it Munich? I, I think, think it's called that Munich. Was, there was think, a movie. Is Munich. it on Netflix or something? I, think I, I, I don't know, it. but but I mean, it's older at yeah. this point, but extremely good movie uh, about how that episode is handled after the fact. You know, the re- the retaliation for the for the bombing. So. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen Munich, Ross, check that one out. It's it's definitely good. Well, uh, you guys have uh, you, when you're talking about the Nazis coming over, um, you guys should probably look up Operation Paperclip or Project Paperclip. Do you guys know what that is? Does that ring a bell to you? It's ringing a bell, but in no, your, remind, uh, in remind your, me in your military studies. Do you remember how? So when uh, when World War Two is ending. Um, and I mean, I'm going to paraphrase a bunch of this. So I'm sorry. Oh, how the, the U.S. recruited scientists. This is basically and stuff. what we did. I mean, yeah. essentially, the the yeah the the remaining powers of the world had like a pseudo draft of the Nazi doctors and yeah. said, yep. "We're going to protect these guys. We're going to you protect these guys. We'll bring them to our country. You take them to your country." This is why we landed on the moon. I mean, it was it, German it was, brain power. It was some 
wicked brain power that yep. uh, we hijacked and we did it. Yeah, it's Operation Paperclip or the Paperclip Project. You can find it out with either one of those. And Check it you'll, out. You'll, yeah, it's a... It, what you're talking about is a real deal. I mean, bringing Nazis over here. Oh, th- this was on a whole other level. This is like that's yeah. But when like, Mark is asking like if it's, Hitler, when Mark is asked if it's based on a true story, there yeah. might be some thread some validity. of yeah. Well, yeah my curious thing is when they're when they're talking about these specific Nazis and they're talking about things they did in some of the camps, like what they were infamous for doing. I wonder if some of those stories are true. And they're like some nasty stuff. I like killing Nazis. You ever seen Glorious Bastards? Oh, of course, yeah. There's an interesting movie from Man, Mr. Brad Quentin Pitt's Tarantino. played that same same character in a lot of movies, though it seems like. Yeah. Aldo Reigns. What's his name uh, in that one? Oh, what's the movie where he plays uh he plays McChrystal, General McChrystal. Yeah. Uh, uh you know what I'm talking uh, about. Yeah, I know what you're talking it's about. It's a Netflix original. Yeah. It's changed ah. his, the name is different, but he plays him. It's like the he's same got thing. he's got the hook hand and everything that he same had. accent. Yeah, well, pretty much. This, it pretty much is the same accent. Even that one with uh, with uh, DiCaprio, uh, it's like something. Once upon a time, time in Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen that one yet. Don't waste your time. You didn't like that? No, I Did thought. You? Yeah, I, I, I shut it. it off. You like man. Tarantino movies though? Yeah, you do. Yeah, I love them. What you shut it off? I shut it off, man. When? Hour and a half. Really? Yeah. You're just hour. like you didn't care that it was building to a conclusion. I didn't. I the man the Manson story intertwined with it wasn't keeping your attention. No, man. It, and it seemed just like a random collection of weird stuff. And I just I I oh, sounds like a Tarantino movie to me. Yeah, but I couldn't I couldn't grab it. I it didn't. I'm grab surprised me I, if I you're a Tarantino off. fan that you couldn't muddle through that one. Maybe I should give it another shot. You know, a lot of times that's just the attitude you're in. I've watched it twice. I saw it in the theater and then I watched it again because there's a lot wow. to take in. Okay. Well, I obviously was missing something. Then I've got to go back. Because I just didn't. I even at one point, and I don't. I, I would as much as I do this during a documentary. I never do this during a movie. Yeah, I was so uninterested in it, and I wanted to be interested in it yeah. that I actually went to the IMDb and read the plot synopsis to see if there was something bigger. Yeah, coming. coming. <laughs> well, like okay. So, so if you're gonna, if you if you find yourself watching this movie again or have a chance to watch it for free, you've already seen the first hour thirty. Go to the last 10 minutes and watch it. Okay. Because la- the, the ending, the ending in my opinion, is great. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'll, have to, I'll take your word for it. I'll go back and the watch it. The ending's great. Right. It, it makes you, it's a Tarantino ending. I got to go buy a stove. <laughs> that's a good, <laughs> good segue. It gets a good out. <laughs> Just, uh, that's called a hard out. Ross is yeah. like, yeah, I've reached uh, stove I time. I'm out of here. So yeah, uh, once again, I told Ross before we started, by the way, come up with a list of topics. Um, we covered none of them. That's no. kind of the way this thing <laughs> this thing goes. We didn't touch on a single one, so maybe we'll save that for next week. But as always, hey, if you need a house, by the way, Charterhouse Real Estate, we help you buy and sell. I know a guy, Nate Lee. He's, uh, he's pretty good. Adam Benz has been, uh, been all right, okay. too. You know? Nate's okay. A little chubby. But, you know, he's he's learning. Ross, we're just Benz waiting is, on a background check at this point? That's it. And the application is in for the license. So all, right. all the all the boxes are checked. and the By the time we roll loaded. around next week, Ross might be a licensed agent. We'll, we'll see. So. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. It's there. We're all, we're all ready to go, man. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll check you out next week. Another episode of Jump the Shark is in the books. Ross and I hope you had fun with us and we made your week a little better. If you love the show, you can help the show. Please subscribe to us wherever it is you listen to your podcast. You can also show some love by telling others about Charterhouse Real Estate. We have made it easy for you to talk about us by charging sellers a lot less commission. They will thank you for giving them our name. 
We truly appreciate your support, and we will talk to you next week.